You're listening to the Sanitarium Podcast, a community mental health podcast sponsored by Mono and Co. and Big Man Beard. Now let's introduce your host, Sam Langford. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of my podcast, episode thirteen. Um, yeah, so we're back again. I've uh, done a little post on the Sanitarium Community Group saying that I was uh, going to be recording another episode of the podcast. Um, unfortunately, I've not got uh, guests on this show uh, due to the current COVID-19 restrictions, of course. Um, I know we can do recordings over the phone, but I just feel that uh, that's not as uh, good as the you know face-to-face ones we've done. Um, but I'm here and I'm going to be talking to you guys about a few things um, that I have, you know... Um, Struggled with, we'll say, myself, um, as well as hoping uh, to talk about my new diagnosis, um, PTSD, and also I will not be holding back, so I'm going to tell you some things that I wouldn't normally talk about uh, that's happened to me that I've been discussing with my therapist. Uh, I feel that it's the time now to get it out in the open um, and you know, share with my listeners. Uh, it's nothing I'm ashamed of, of course. It's stuff that I've gone through, uh, which has brought me to, you know, the current situation with the diagnosis. So, um, what I'm going to start by talking about first um, is a few updates on sponsorship. Um, uh, so we've always had Mono and Co. and Big Man, Big Man Beard as our co-sponsors. Um, Mono and Co run by the lovely Beth, um, who works extra hard at um, achieving her dream of, of owning a clothing brand, uh, which seems to be going really, really well at the minute, which I'm really pleased for you for that, Beth. Uh, I know you've had some struggles, we've talked and things, but you're uh, you're incredible and I, you know, I'm, I'm really happy it's going so well for you. Um, big man beard. I've actually just got back today from a nice walk, uh, with Sal, um, just around the riverbank. We've had a nice chat, uh, put the world to right. Uh, that's been really nice. It's, it's done me the world of good, uh, getting a bit of fresh air and having a chat. Um, took the, took the little girl with me as well. She had a nice kip. So everyone's a winner there. Uh, we both really enjoyed it, but, um, yeah, so recently Sal and, and Lucy have, have launched their own Big Mum Beard podcast, which is, I believe, is just up to episode six, uh, as I just saw a recent post from Big Mum Beard. Uh, so if you can give them a listen as well, guys, um, on the Anchor FM platform, as you do listen to mine, um, find out a little bit more about Sal and Lucy, about the brand Big Mum Beard. Uh, what they're about, who they are, you know, things like that. It's it's been really good to uh, to listen to something similar uh, myself. So I wish you all the best of luck with that, guys. Uh, keep up the good work as usual. Um, and a new sponsor, uh, Gem Boutique, as you can see on the group now on my logo. There's a little another little logo turned up. Uh, so Gemma runs uh, Gem Boutique. Started in July uh, this year. Um, early days for us still, but um, they're um, trying to you know get the get the name out there a little bit, and we've talked a little bit, and uh, we've um, you know discussed that it'd be nice to help these small businesses out in uh, times like today. Um, we're all you know thriving to use them for Christmas presents and things like that to help them out a bit. So um, I wanted to you know originally say. 
you could be my sponsor for the guests um, just a little bit before the guests come on, but I decided that's that's not enough, so I've stuck the logo on the um, on my logo, and now they are also sponsors of the Sanitarium podcast. So it's lovely to have you guys on board. Uh, secondly, thirdly, fourthly, wherever I'm at, regarding sponsors, a friend of a friend who I've been chatting to, Charlie, uh, runs a business called KMC Handmade, uh, where she makes all different kinds of, um, well, everything. She's made Christmas baubles, she's made uh, bookmarks, she's made uh, stickers and all sorts. Her logo will also be on the podcast too. Uh, the storeroom for a few more. I was only saying to Sal today that uh, we need to get as many on there as possible because it's no harm in helping these small businesses out. So um, KMC Handmade will be a, another sponsor of the Sanitarium podcast. So I'm going to move on to uh, a few things <coughs> Excuse me, that I've um, mentioned on uh, the podcast group or what I'm going to speak to you guys about. Um, something that I've been struggling with personally recently, uh, one of many things, unfortunately, is the intrusive images. Um, I've been getting these all over the place, um, and they can be absolutely anything. Uh, an example was I always take, well, not always, but mainly me take my, um, nine month old out for her afternoon walk, um, to get her a bit of fresh air and a nap. So... I usually go um, around the area I live and onto the high street and walk all the way to the top of the high street up the hill um, and go around that route. So when I actually come down again, I usually cross at the, it's not a pedestrian crossing, but it's just a tiny little uh, bit where the, the curb drops so I can get the pushchair over easier. And the other day uh, when I was doing it, I was just waiting and it's a one-way road. So you, you, you know, you look one way and it's got a huge no entry sign um, right by where you cross. But at this moment, um, just as I was about to cross the road, when I'd, um, you know, seen that it's completely clear, I had this image of a fire engine smashing into me and uh, the pushchair. And I saw everything from being hit, the impact, um, and actually sort of the the aftermath of what happened. And seeing that, it's obviously heartbreaking. And this is something that I'm really, really struggling with at the minute. It's making me really sad. It's making me so down and low. I'm, I'm literally... I can have them when I first wake up. Now, this particular one, I got across the road and I had to stop... I had to take a breath and I was starting to sweat because I was, I think a panic attack almost was coming on, you know, because I mean, this hasn't even happened. This is just an image in my head that's happened, but seeing it, it's heartbreaking and it, it, it stuck with me all day. So that walk was ruined by one image that was completely false. And when I got home, I was quiet and I didn't say anything and, you know, people are asking me, are you all right? And I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm good, I'm good. I'm just uh, just feeling a bit, you know, and that's how I say, you know, a bit, you know. What I mean is I'm feeling really low because I've seen my daughter get run over by a fire engine in my mind um, and myself run over at the same time. So one of the worst things you can ever imagine, that coming into your brain, some people think, well, don't think that just don't think about it and it 
I wish I could. I, I genuinely wish I could. But they, I cannot. I can fight a lot. I can fight a lot of mental health off. And usually I do win. But these images, I can't get rid of them. Um, I don't know um, before, before I have my next therapy session, which is the Tuesday coming. I'm, I'm currently recording on Saturday the 21st of November. So before I actually have that, when we're talking about um, intrusive images and you know ways of controlling um, these, these images appearing in your mind, I can't really fight them because I don't know how to. Um, and I can be laying in bed and I'll imagine one of my parents dying and I see the whole thing and I see how they died. I see what happens after, how I'd feel. And it makes me cry. It, it actually makes me cry. It hasn't even happened. And, but the thought of it and seeing what I see just absolutely wrecks me. And it makes me feel so bad and so awful and I, I'm, I'm starting to believe it's actually happening. So what happens is when I see these, then I'm asking if my dad's okay because I've thought about it. I'm like, is everything all right, mate? Have you been, um, have you had a health check recently or um, you've not been getting any pain or anything, you know, stuff like that. Or I was saying if it's somebody else, you know, the roads now, I'll go next to a road and I'll look five or six times, even if, if it's on um, a green man at a pedestrian crossing, I'll be looking because let's face it, ambulances, you know, emergency vehicle, emergency services vehicles go straight through red light. So um, I'm constantly looking and I'm, I've actually been looking that much. I've actually missed the green man and I have to wait for the next next one to come. So that's how severe it's been um, with me. In other things, um, I'm, fi I'm finding this diagnosis um, very challenging. Um, I, I knew something was, wasn't right. I knew that it wasn't just uh, general anxiety disorder, which another mental health professional told me it was. Um, I, I couldn't question that. You know, he, he's the man that's got the certificates or whatever it is. But I knew that something wasn't right. And this is exactly why I reached out to uh, NW Counselling, because... I knew that these people would, if I need it, put me in touch with a higher um, professional, such as the psychiatrist that I'm I'm seeing once a month, um, to discover this uh, this diagnosis or what I'm thinking, you know, about. Um, but I, I have struggled to come to terms with it as much as I've told people that um, I haven't. I genuinely haven't, and it's been playing on my mind a lot, and it's been. Uh, you know, I've had the intrusive thoughts about the actual condition. Am I going to go off the rails or am I going to um, offend people without actually realising or is my mood going to change? And and then I, and then I stop and I think, well, why? Just because you've been labelled as as some with something, it it doesn't change who I am. It just means that in a positive way, it means that I can start to um, finally you know, move forward with with mental health and, and with conditions like PTSD and depression. Um, I've always known I've had depression. I've, I've just never been diagnosed with it. I mean, you know, the symptoms I have and everything, it, it's obvious, but in a way it did feel um, some kind of relief when I was told it was, 
it stopped the thoughts of people think I'm faking it or people think I'm just lazy or people think I'm, I don't work because I can't be asked or that, you know, when obviously that's not the case, it's, I would love to work. I, I would, I, I would love to be back in a job where I'm, I'm working nine to five and I'm, I'm bringing home the cash for the family rather than feeling like a complete failure. Um, because unfortunately at the minute, that's how I'm feeling, uh, that I'm not good enough for, um, for my family and for my friends. And the amount of times friends and family have told me it's, it's all in your head. I know it's in my head. Um, because deep down, I know that I am, but I'm trying to believe that myself. Um, people say I don't give myself enough credit though. I don't feel like I deserve it. Um, I also don't feel like I'm I'm right for um, what I do, but I continue to do it because this is a massive release sitting on a microphone talking to listeners about how I've been and, and hoping that if anything I've said, they feel, they can then think, oh my word, maybe I need to go see a therapist or a psychiatrist or even a GP uh, to try and figure out what's wrong with me. Um, and let's face it, helping people is what this world needs at the minute. Um, especially this year, it's been a horrible year for a lot of people. Um, and, and, and I know that, you know, um, something was said the other day, I'm not going to mention any names. Um, but when you're in a mental state, um, so say you feel really low and really anxious and just not really there kind of thing, you know, kind of blank. Um, one of the worst things people can say to me uh, is that you're, um, I've lost my train of thought. So yeah, one of the, one of the other thing, worst things you can say to me is uh, there's a lot of people in your position um, or you're not the only one suffering. Now, these things to me, now I'll explain why they trigger me even more. I know that there's millions of people out there that suffer from mental health conditions. I know that and I'm sad that all these people do. Of course I am. But telling me that um, so-and-so also suffers or they've got worse things on their mind than you, it doesn't help me at all. It doesn't help my situation. It just makes me feel more guilty that people, um, that other people are hurting and I'm hurting them because I'm hurting so it's a vicious circle. And I don't mean it nasty. I don't at all. And people who know me know that I've not got a bad bone in my body. I don't think that way. But it really infuriates me when people say that. And I, I have to be really careful. And I have to really think about what I say to that. Um, and that is something that's... Um, that can grate on me for a long time because it can spin, it can spin me back round and it can send me back into my uh, state of mind where I'm feeling really, uh, really unwanted um, or a burden. Um, I use that word a lot uh, when I'm having, you know, sessions of low mood or the depression is kicking my ass or whatever. I, I, I use that word a lot. Um, I'm just a, I'm just a burden. Um, and that is how I feel at the time. And I, it, it plays on my mind a lot that maybe if I was, wasn't here and I, and I don't mean that as in, as in suicide, I, I mean that I just must, must, 
um, emphasise that. I do not mean it like that. I mean as in out the way from everybody else on my own so that um, all the stress of, you know, mental the mental health stress that I'm causing others won't be there. And that's where I've had huge issues with um, my, my current relationship is... is is amazing and I've been married for eight years and we've been together for 11 years but my wife also suffers from mental health and they'll both collide in big style at the minute um I can only put it down to uh the, the, the lockdown and the whole 2020 situation um but it's very hard when two of you are suffering and you're both saying the same things and it's just you could sit you could sit there and you could just talk about it all night and you'd never get anywhere it will never go any further than what it is until you actually both stop talking and leave it. And I didn't think that was right. And I must admit, it is right. It does work. But it's also hard for me to accept that I want to talk something out or try and talk something out, leaving it and not actually um, discussing it or making amends, I suppose, or whatever it may be. Um, doesn't work, but it does. Uh, it sorry, it works, but it, it it does work. Just walking away and letting things cool down, and then after that, that's when you can have the conversation. That's when you can have the chats about the whole argument or the whole disagreement or whatever it may have been with your wife, with your husband, with your brother, or your sister, whatever it is. But it is hard to um, it's hard to come to terms with the fact that there are many ways. Um, that I don't agree with, as 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 suppose coping, um, those ones I've not agreed with have actually worked in my favour. Uh, yesterday I needed some space, some headspace. Um, I went onto uh, Lincoln South Common, which is a place, my, one of my happy places, and I I just took my headphones and, and my my music, and I sat there, and yeah, I had a cry, and you know, let it all out, and. I just looked at the view of, of the city and oh, it, was, it, was a, it was a really amazing how, you, how it can just completely relax you, um, which really helped. And then and then I went home. The only problem was yesterday, it was absolutely hammering it down. So I was freezing cold as well. But um, yeah, so that that was another thing that um, that I'm starting to do. I, if, I, if I don't do it, I will just go crazy. Um, I need space and I don't mean to leave people behind or family behind and leave it to, you know, for them to do all the things. I'm not doing that. I'm doing it because I need it because if not, then I'm not ever going to get any better. I just need time and I'm I'm only asking for time when, if I need it, I'll tell people, you know, when somebody messages me and I say that I'm okay, but I'm, I'm, busy sometimes that means I just don't want to talk at the minute I'm, I'm maybe in the bath or something with some music on just chilling out and not really wanting to chat to anybody without any you know negative meanings in that it is literally just like I'm in a zone like when people like kind of like when people meditate they don't want to be interrupted because they're in this zone and that's how um I am sometimes so never take offense if I say I, I, I'll always tell you if I'm okay I'll always answer but never take offence if I uh, say sort of, you know, no, I'm, I'm all right, but just, just need some time. Because I genuinely do. Another thing uh, I wanted to touch on today, um, for the last sort of three or f- two or three months, maybe, I don't know, but 
I've been I've had a really big issue mentally about religion, and and I know this is a, this is a very hard subject, and most people don't like to discuss religion, um, but I'm going to cut it short because I'm going to just mention what my issues have been. So um, I I've always been I, I I've always believed in a Christian God. That's how I'll tell you how I believe in in a God. I do believe in God and it's a Christian God I believe in. Now, I don't go to church every Sunday um, and, you know, I've done all the stuff. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I believe in my heart that there is a Christian God and that's where I'll go when when it's my time. Um, and I always wear a cross underneath my clothing because I always feel it's close to the heart. A lot of people who see me will see me wearing um, very, maybe dark, sort of satanic, pagan, horror clothing. Um, my issue was I thought I was cheating on my own God because wearing these things, uh, having pentagrams hanging from my neck, having a goat of Satan hanging from my neck, even wearing a t-shirt like I am today of the satanic temple. People, my head was spinning all over the place because of this. So what I did, first thing I did was talk to a few friends um, and they were very supportive and told me that whatever I believe in, which they tell me to be myself and whatever makes me happy, you know, stuff like that. So that was a uh, that was start of what um, I sort of started to find something that I um, really admired and enjoyed and that was part of what I wanted to do. So I looked into paganism um, and despite what people think, uh, what paganism is, it's not worshipping the devil. Uh, it's not burning uh, crosses and on churches and stuff like that. It's uh, about mother nature and it's about um, finding yourself within the earth um, with, for example, healing crystals, um, Wiccan spells, all the positivity, uh, positive energy spells. And I've been doing it and I've been practicing some paganism and I've absolutely loved it and it's worked for me. I believe it works. And I finally um, accepted the fact that I believe in a Christian God, but I also believe in pagan gods and I believe in paganism as a religion. Um, so rather than wondering if I'm that, if I'm whatever I am, then... I'm finally at peace with that and I know it sounds silly but it was huge it, it was bothering me every single day lying in bed thinking about it um, but you are what you are and you believe what you believe in um, and that's all that matters in, in my opinion now um, you know I, I believe in all Christianity I believe in all paganism I also agree with a lot what the uh, a lot of what the satanic temple say and some of their tenants 100% agree with them um, so yeah, that was a, a bit of a nasty time for me, but I got there in the end thanks to help from friends and family, um, priests and pastors and um, pagan, you know, somebody that's uh, really into paganism, um, a witch, as you call them. That's what they are, they're witches. So I spoke to some witches as well, and they were incredible, and I massively appreciated all you guys um, helping me out with my journey through that. Uh, which I've got to an end to, so I'm happy. Uh, right then, so traumas. I'm going to go on to traumas. Um, PTSD caused by trauma. My traumas 
like I said before, I didn't want to speak about them, but I'm going to talk about one, maybe two. Uh, primary school, year five, um, I became friends with a gentle, uh, a lad, sorry. Uh, really good friends, best friends, um, really good times. Really enjoyed being with him and, you know, as you do when you're in primary school, going to see your friends. Uh, and then he started becoming very controlling um, over girls or sports or class or homework anything one thing that stuck in my mind um this guy bullied excuse my french but he bullied the shit out of me um and it was horrible like really horrible stuff one of the worst things he did uh he i told him that my mum and dad had bought me a werebear and if you're old like me you remember what that is so a werebear was um, a cute little teddy bear, which when you pulled his face around, he turned into like an evil monster kind of bear. Obviously, I've been into things like that since I was a kid, <laughs> as you can tell. Anyway, I got one of these and I was dead excited because I was so happy and I appreciated, you know, mum and dad getting me it and it was like the best present ever. And when he found out that I had it, he wanted it. So the first time he said, could I borrow it? And I was like, well, in my head, I thought, why would you borrow a toy like that? What are you going to do it? You know, what are you going to do with it to borrow it? So I actually said, no, I actually put my foot down at that point and said, no, you can't borrow it. Um, then he got all aggressive, not physically, verbally, which scared me. So um, I said, he could have it. Um, and he said, well, I was going to have it anyway, but you're not going to tell your parents. So that night um, he came after school. Well, not after, straight after school, we went home. And then later on that night, he came after school. He told me to look outside my bedroom window at 7.30. And I needed to throw the werebear to him. So then he gets it. And I did it. I'll never forget that because it broke my heart doing that. Proper broke my heart doing that. That toy was amazing. That was one my parents had probably saved up for. You know, working all hours, getting getting me this bear just to see my face on Christmas morning. By January the 5th, it had gone. And my mum and dad never knew about that at the time. But they do now. And they ate this person. Who I'm not mentioning. Because it's not fair to, and I ain't like that. Anyway, wasn't just that. It was the constant daily thing. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't want to go. I wouldn't eat. I'd throw up a lot before I ate because I knew that maybe I won't eat my dinner anyway because he'll take it away from me or he'll throw it on the floor and stamp on it and then tell me to eat it. So, uh, yeah, that was awful. And that stuck to stuck with me all my life. And that's one of the traumas that um, has caused, um, you know, the... the, the the PTSD in later life. Um, so yeah, that was horrible. Another thing um, I've mentioned this man before on my podcast because I mention him everywhere I go, whoever I speak to. But my uncle Barry, who passed away in 2013, um, massive part of my life, meant the world to me. Uh, still miss him now. Actually went to his grave the other day and took Daisy for a chat. Fortunately, I had to break the news that Liverpool won the Premiership last season, but he's got to be told, you know. 
tell you his grave sunk when I told him that. But anyway, um, yeah, huge part of my life. And and when he passed away, um, I I didn't accept it myself. I didn't believe it. It was almost like it wasn't real. And that's how uh, I deal with things like that. I block them out. I don't talk about them or I don't think about them. Although inside, all I just want to do is burst into tears. I'll block that. I'll stop them tears from coming because it's my way of saying, well, if I don't cry over it, it isn't real. Back to this fantasy world. It's not real. He's still here. So that's one of the worst things you can do, admittedly. It is really one of the worst things you can do. The pure fear of reality is something that I constantly struggle with when it comes to death, when it comes to any devastating situation in the world to do with myself, my family, any of my friends. I block it out because I'm terrified on how I'm going to deal with it. I'm also terrified that if I cry, people will think I'm very weak. And I can assure you they won't, especially my friends and family. But that's what I think, and that's how I deal with it. So when things like this happen, the first thing I think of in that respect what I've just mentioned is I've got to be the one to look after everybody else so put your mind away and leave the situation as it's just been told and then try and figure out in your mind how you're going to deal with it when everybody else has dealt with it so I'm delaying, I'm delaying it. That's what I'm doing, which isn't good for you, obviously. Now, when I used to drink alcohol, that's how I would have dealt with it. Not in a silly way, violence, anything like that, but just keep drinking. And that's where the going out on my own many times came from. Because I was hurting so much inside I needed to go away from this person that's got grief to deal with or depression to deal with or as as now PTSD to deal with um, because it blocked out reality. And I used to create these characters when I was out, whether they be American, whether they be Irish or even if they were me but you know, a different me, we'll say. A me that's successful or a me that's not suffering from any mental health issues or hasn't just lost somebody in their family that meant everything to them, that their world's fallen apart because of it. The person that I used to create, whoever it was, was always successful, rich, had a lot of money, to splash around 
because it's gaining people's friendships. It's gaining people's trust that this dude on his own with this story that he's an American guy and he's staying with his cousin or he's staying with friends and they've left him and he's just on his own. They believed it every time because I was that convinced. I was that convincing. They had to believe it. I was questioned on many occasions when the accent slipped or something was seen that didn't look like I was from whatever country it was. But what I'm basically trying to say here is that sometimes when you feel so lost and low and alone, you can have crowds and crowds of people with you. Doesn't stop you from feeling alone. And I need you to know that, everybody. Because it's not bad that you feel alone. It's bad. Sorry, I, I've reword that. It's not bad that you are feeling alone even though you have everything. Because mental health doesn't choose how to make... It doesn't choose you to feel that... You. It doesn't choose the guilt. Let's just say the guilt doesn't choose that it doesn't choose the fact that i'm sat here now and i have an amazing family and i have amazing friends but yet still feel sometimes very very alone i don't know why i do but i do and that's the one of the hardest things to ever have to deal with is feeling alone when you've got everything or feeling so low that you can't play with your kids or you don't want to play with your kids or you don't want to read a story or you hide away in your phone looking at things eBay music film whatever it may be because you feel so down that yeah again you're taking you're taking away reality. I'm sorry if I keep going on and on and on, but it's been a long time since I've been able to discuss things like this. And I genuinely hope that if there's anybody out there, there will be somebody out there, or if there's any listeners out there now that's nodding along with my podcast, thinking... I know exactly what he means. Tell me. Tell me. Talk to me. Because right now I feel I'm the only one that does it. And I, I do need the help. And I'm offered help all the time, don't get me wrong, by everybody. But I feel like I need it at the minute. And I feel like that the, main, the amount of people I get it helps every time. Like I've always mentioned before, the posts on the groups and stuff, when I'm feeling low, I'll pop it on there and I'll know within 10 minutes there'll be 50 plus comments. And uh, it means the world to me, it really does, and it takes me out a lot of low moods. Um, but that's how I'm feeling at the minute. I'm feeling real lost and I'm feeling real alone and I'm feeling like I'm losing the sense of reality. And it's something I'm going to discuss with my therapist on Tuesday and it's something I'm going to talk to my psychiatrist about as well because it's not a good feeling is it when you feel like you're losing reality like your mind is going elsewhere or 
you know, you, you just feel completely and utter lost. So, if any of that's triggered anything in your mind to say, well, I feel like that and I don't see any medical professional, then I advise you to see them. I also advise you to use people like the Samaritans who are absolutely incredible. I also advise you to use Facebook forums like the Samaritan Podcast Community, the community on Big Man Beard's page with people there to talk to. All the forums and groups, mental health all around the UK that are produced on Facebook, on Instagram, all these different social media networks that that you know spread the love, spread the beautiful sayings and quotes like Mental Health Believe UK, like other pages that you look at and realize that that's your interest that's why you're part of the page it is a boost to your mental health because it makes you smile don't ever leave them pages and keep talking in them pages because your hobbies and your interests are what keep you going sometimes people that you've never met that you've never spoke to in person just like my two best friends two of my best friends Keith and Dave who were online friends and are now two people I've met in person and I would trust with my life. I can tell them two people absolutely anything, just as I can tell my friends like Martin. I can tell Martin absolutely anything. Ashley, I can tell him anything. I trust my friends and my brothers so much that knowing that they're there means the world to me. My oldest friend, Chris, Three years old we met in nursery, just over three years old. And we're still best friends to this day, I'm 35. My oldest friend. Family. He's my family. They're all my family. And you need them. And I need them. And I tell them I don't need them sometimes. I, I'm fine. But they know I'm not. They, they believe, they don't believe me. Because I've been quiet on social media or I've not given them a call or I've not responded like I normally would to a... I don't know, a funny gif or, you know, something like that. And finding them people in your life, always keep them close to you. Because I've lost friends, as, as I've mentioned before. I've lost people that I thought I needed and I trusted. But I, and, and it proves to me now that I don't trust them or I didn't need them because they're no longer part of my life. But the ones I've got now is truly something special. I've named a few, there's, there's more and they all know who they are. Um, and I've, I've named those ones because I've talked to the most recent because my mind otherwise just <laughs> I, I just doesn't work at the minute. But honestly, guys, um, if hopefully you're listening. As I say, if you are listening, you better be bloody listening. Um, I want to thank you all for everything you do for me and just being there for me and being my brothers and being my my friends, even some of the girls I'm, I'm, I talk to and... You know, I've, like people like Becky, um, Becky I went to college with and we chat and I've been around to the house and, and her partner, Sean, who I'd never met before. Um, I met him and I went round and I had a chat with them both, a cup of tea and they're only around the corner from me. And it's amazing knowing that they're around there because it's, it's one of my happy places going around to their house. And uh, it's just another, you know, another two people on the list of appreciation of me. Because um, I appreciate everybody that's uh, done stuff for me or helped me along, you know, with things and 
contributed towards the charity raffles and the, the quizzes we used to do with Sarah. Um, I always appreciate it, and I know I always mention it, but that's how much I appreciate it. The more I'm going to talk about it every single episode because it it's incredible, and and to have raised seventeen hundred pound plus for various charities across the UK. And if you are a new listener, that's what we've done. Um, as a community, we've raised £1,709.10, I believe. Um, not just for mental health charities, Mind, Young Minds, Samaritans, they've all been, they've all had money sent to them. We've done things for Sue Ryder for cancer, we've done Alzheimer's, we've done um, new, um, domestic violence charities, um, we've done animal rescue charities, um, we've done equality charities like the Sophie Lancaster Foundation, we've done loads and it's been amazing doing it and it's felt so good to give back out there because we just need, everybody needs to be kind and to help each other and I just thrive on kindness as all the youth contributing and playing along and just just seeing the other day, a good friend of mine, Dave, I hope he doesn't mind me mentioning his name. I will ask him after I've recorded, just in case he sues me. Um, but my mate Dave Mayfield, bless his heart, he's, he's going through a lot. He's been through a lot and he's he's in stage of his life now where he's very low. And I respect Dave. He's one of my brothers who I love to bits and I've known him a long, long time. We had some amazing times together. But I saw his post the other week and the... The follow-up he got from members was just incredible. Seeing how many people, no, no, none of these people have ever met him in their lives. And they just sent these wonderful, heartwarming messages to him to boost his mood and make him feel like he's he's there and he's wanted and he's amazing. Because you are, Dave, you are amazing, mate. You've been amazing all my life. You've been one of the closest people I've ever known and uh, you're adored by my family and it, it's one of them memories you keep in when we uh, got stuck in the middle of the road with shopping bags and did a funny little nod in the head joke but that's a private joke we won't go into that but fun times good times positive vibes that's what we need um, I've opened up quite a lot today we're in 42 minutes in um, I am getting towards the end now because I've kind of run out of things to say. Um, as always, I massively appreciate the support I get for the podcast. I um, I appreciate everybody who's a member of the group. Um, so on that note, I hope you all have a great day, whatever day this is out and you're listening. Or if it's a bit later, I hope you've had a great day. Um, be kind to yourselves be kind to everybody you love and be kind to a stranger because you never know what that stranger is going through in their life smiling at a stranger could stop something so negative happening it could just be a saviour just one smile could save that person's day in so many different ways so that's it I'll be back for another episode depending on lockdown I may have a guest I may not we'll see we'll play it by ear no rush got all our lives so yeah be kind guys lots of love (laughs) 